This episode of the Durian Pod is brought to you by Hexclad, official cookware partner of TDP. On this episode of the Durian Pod, damn, uh, I guess it wasn't in God's plan. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've uh, I've ever wanted was for my parents was for them to be like, "I'm proud of you," for them to finally be like, "Oh my God, he did it!" Holy shit! It was just great. It's something that I'm gonna take with me to the grave. What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Durian Pod. My name is David. And I'm Jasper. Behind the camera, we have a wonderful Heidi. Hi. This is the show where we showcase our friends who fought against societal standards, but still made it to the top. Uh, I am super excited about our guest today. Yeah. Uh, she has climbed the culinary ranks, made it to executive chef. She is a finalist on Hell's Kitchen season 21, battling it out with 17 other talented chefs. Right. She is an aspiring skateboarder, moves good enough for the X game, and she is a private chef currently working for the likes of Drake. So let's put our hands together for Chef Daphne Mejia. What's Woo! up, Daph? Hey guys, thanks Welcome for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, how, are you, how are you feeling? Uh, well, I think I'll feel better once I take a sip of this let's Maker's Mark. Cheers, guys. Cheers. We had a shot earlier, but let's do it again. Yes, need it. I'm gonna set mine because I don't oh, want to get God. too destroyed. But with that said, let's uh, let's 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 get into it. Let's get into it. So we always start at Roslyn with an amuse bouche, and I think that's a great way to get you all settled in. So I'm gonna go ahead and go grab it, and we'll bring it over, and we're gonna get this party started. You ready? Wow. Thank Got you, it. Chef. I'm excited right. to awesome. eat not my food. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. We wanted to present with you for the amuse bouche. This is actually quite a, a large one, but I figured it'd be fun to kind of share and get everyone together, especially because we've actually cooked together before. And I wanted to showcase some locally made burrata cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love it because it's just perfectly creamy right now. We shave some truffle pecorino on top. We fried some buckwheat with a little bit of plum salt because wow. I forgot that during our dinner. And <laughs> there's some chili oil from our friends at Fly By Jing, served with some microgreens. And there's already white truffles that I stuffed into the burrata. So when we're breaking it apart, it's just gonna be ultra decadent. I thought it'd be kind of nice, kind of that bite of acidity and brightness and fattiness and all that good stuff. But I welcome you to the pod. Wow, what? If, if this is how you're gonna greet your guests, I wanna come every single day. This is amazing. <laughs> but please, mission <laughs> status. Wow, it's even, it's a little too pretty for me to even go in there. Yes, but please, let's, uh, let's dig in, shall we? Right, let's dig in. Yeah? Okay. Ooh. Awesome. Mmm, yum, that chili sauce. I've never had Italian mm. cheese with chili sauce in my yeah. life. It's yeah. so good. So let's start all the way back to chapter one. What was your upbringing like? Can you, can you kind of- Oh like, man, I need to is that, so. is that triggering? Mm. I guess for everyone it is because there's so for much sure. trauma in everyone's life. Yeah. Um, I guess my upbringing was unique to me because I was the only person, like sibling, I was the only child for like nine years. And so my parents really kind of made me who I was because of that. I was like nine years with just my mom and dad. And so they really drilled me. They were like making me have, you know, all these good grades when I was sucked at school. I was not good at school. I was good. I won like the best drawer in second grade out of the whole elementary school. I was just an artist. Yeah, like I drew a picture and I won the best picture out of everyone. So I, I don't know, I like really was trying to find my creative style as a little kid. And I lived, you know, in the ghetto with all, like there was so many gang violence. My grandma and I would watch people jump others to get into the crew. So it was just a lot. Not like purposely, it was just in front of our house, in front of our apartment. So it was, was really crazy. hard, but it made me who I am. And I started loving food because of that, because my dad would focus so much on cooking and like, he wanted me to just enjoy life and enjoy food. So I think that's when I was like, oh, I really love eating, but this will never be a career. Like my parents came here from Honduras. They want me to be a doctor or a lawyer because that's what Hispanics must do. So I was like in my mind saying, hey, I'm going to be an OBGYN and like, let's see how it goes. So that was like my childhood. I just would watch TV and like get bad grades and play video games. I was living life. It's only a, a, future, a future doctor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've never studied, so. That's, okay, damn. You should trust me with your OBGYN stuff. Yeah. You know? How far did you get into that that path? 
honestly, when I started college, that's when I realized, okay, this is for real now. I have to make a decision. And freshman year, I was going, I was taking bio classes and all this crazy stuff, chemistry. And I was like, yeah. holy crap, I cannot do this. It's so much reading and math. And I failed geometry twice, you know, like I was not a good student um, at all. I just can't sit still and read something. It's not who I am. And so that's when I realized, OK, I need to figure it out. I don't want to be a doctor. It's going to be 12 years from now. And I just don't like it. It wasn't my it wasn't my dream. It was my parents dream. So yeah. I finally had the guts to tell them, hey, I want to try something new. And of, of course, they were mad. They were pissed. Mm -hmm. They were so upset with me. Your story really, really resonates with mine because I'm like, so if we we're like a multiverse, we split off. Like you, you actually did the creator route and I actually like stuck with that plan, the, oh, wow. OB, the OBGY plan. And like, I became a pharmacist. What? I, is that bad? <laughs> no, I just, I never knew that. That's so oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm a pharmacist by day and then I do the bartending at night. It's like a Bruce Wayne Batman. So you can like, get me all those pills then? <laughs> <laughs> He's an oncology pharmacist. We got to talk this off. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so like, your story really resonates because you, you, you went down that path, you know, directed by your parents and then you chose to kind of like divert from that. And I did it. And so like, I kind of like, like looking at these kinds of stories is like really inspiring. So, yeah. so it's, it bio sucked. So I'm glad you got out. Did you have older siblings or younger? I was the only one. Oh, so, wow. So I felt like so I- So we're very similar then. Yeah, I felt yeah. like I, I needed to like be that perfect, yeah. you know, child, you know? And so, and I was very obedient, you know? And so- um, I got whipped a lot. Did you? Oh my gosh. That's, that's the yeah. only way. Like, I, I learned whipped. my lesson, you know, uh -huh. but yeah. I still didn't listen. I was just like, oh, you know, yeah. like I was like, I don't care. Like I'm going to just live my life. So it was really hard for my parents. But I think after a couple, maybe six years, they were like, okay, maybe this is her career. But it six took, years. took them a long time for me to, for them to accept um, my career for yeah. sure from being a doctor even when I was working for Drake they were like you should still go to psych be a psych major yeah. and try medicine I was like what is up with Hispanics in medicine it, it's Asians too that's true it's crazy yeah it's true it's, yeah there's a lot of it's, nurses it's, in the film. I mean you're saving lives you know as a doctor I guess that's, that's a good thing it's just for money purposes for sure. for it's sure. like even then it's not even worth it I think yeah. to you, some people it is but yeah. it wasn't my dream it's not it's, it shouldn't be the reason to be a doctor yeah, yeah, just to make money. Just to make money, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to be an OBGYN because I'm like, at least let me have a fun time and be like, come on, get your legs out. You know, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could see myself as an OBGYN, but it just was so You'd be hard. The craziest OBGYN. You'd be so like, fun and welcoming. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I would yeah. have like Erica Badu playing in the background and just like yeah. good vibes and stuff, but that's hilarious. it just wasn't my path. I'm glad mm -hmm. it yeah. wasn't. It's okay. Tell me about your experiences. Tell me about like, what that was like during those six years, like, you know, because to, I think a lot of immigrant families, like families are super important. You And like, for me, I wanted, that, they're important to me. That's why I kind of went the route they wanted me to. So for you going against the grain, but still trying to keep them happy or maybe not, you know, like yeah. how, what was that experience like? In um, those six years? Well, honestly, it helped not living with them. They were in Los Angeles and I was in San Francisco living uh. my life. You know, I was still going to SF State, and so they kind of knew that I was well taken care of. So yeah. they kind of just let me be me. Um, and that's where I decided on my own, okay, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a chef. And right. so during those six years, I went to culinary school. I went to, like, the best art school possible and then worked under um, a master chef. And he really showed me how it was to cook in a kitchen. Like, I was 19 years old in the kitchen. And so... That's where I really had to realize, okay, this is long hours. I'm mostly the only girl. I'm the only Hispanic girl, too. Mostly Hispanics are always dishwashers. So mm -hmm. for me, I was like, okay, at least there's someone in the kitchen that's like me, you know. But I still kept going with it. There was something that was unique for me that I wanted to experience. And during the six years, I just put my head down and I worked. Like, I was just disciplined. I think I didn't want to quit and start all over and it's like okay what do I do next I yeah. just went I went with it I'm like I'm choosing this and I'm gonna just go for it and of course there was bad days there was I miss birthdays I miss mm -hmm. you know like celebrations and outings but I was just trying to be the best I can and learn also kitchens are so fun people don't realize that restaurants are so they're, we're the coolest people we work yeah. hard we deal with so much crap from yeah customers and so people don't understand it's fun actually i i enjoyed it 
You're, you're a rare breed because a lot of chefs like dread it, but I think there's this kind of desire for that act of service to kind of continue it through that 12 to 14 hour day. Yeah. And like just seeing people's reaction to like eating the food and saying, hey, that's mozzarella and not burrata. <laughs> but I also, my love language is, you know, that. And yeah. I appreciate it, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like that's your love language too, is giving and then receiving someone's compliment or just like, oh, I love your food or, you know, you fed them and they feel happy now. So for me, I feel like, it's just my love language and I just listen to my heart and it knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's that really like kind of deep sense of fulfillment that you can't get like in other ways. Right. Cause I felt like at least for me personally, when I was in other industries, cause I used to work in tech, mm -hmm. a lot of times you would do stuff for other people, but it's very thankless. Mm -hmm. You don't actually see the response. You might see the it's numbers. And it's the expected. Money. Exactly. It's yeah. expected. You're all about numbers. You're asked to hit quotas, but with food, it's uh, the reactions immediate from the time that you hear the, you can hear the pan searing, the smell. Yeah. Just or even like the smile when like. Yeah. While you're on the path of, of medicine, what was the moment where you were like, okay, I want to transition. Where did you, where did that like love at first sight happen? I was watching TV, of course, because that's my thing. And I saw this commercial for the Art Institute of San Francisco. And they just did such a good marketing kind of strategy with the commercial. <laughs> shout out to the, to the Shout out PR to the Art person. Institute. Yeah, because yeah, they Damn. really they took me back. I was like, holy crap, I want to do this. I was living in a house with six other girls and mm. we were all in at SF State. And this was sophomore year of college and I was still a bio major, but not getting good grades. You know, I was taking econ and all this stuff. I was like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. And so saw the commercial and there was like chefs in the commercial. I was like, oh my God, that looks like so much fun. I would love to do culinary school. And I remember telling my dad and he was like, Nope, like I'm not paying for your college. I am not gonna do this. You're gonna have to get a job. You're gonna have to get loans. And I was like, that's cool. I'm American. I have lots of good rights and they'll pay for my education. And then the rest, I'll just take out loans, whatever, you know? I wasn't thinking about the repercussions from all the money that I'm gonna accumulate. And so I did it. He, my dad came to look uh, at the school and it was in downtown San Francisco. So it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he was like, all right, we're, we're going to give it a chance to it, but I'm still not paying for your shit. It's like, fine, dad. And so did it. And Just chipping away. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? and, yeah. And it was a cool experience because it was in downtown by Civic Center. And, you know, there's hobos all over. And I love that. And like, <laughs> there's just, you know, I was skateboarding to class because you need it. There's the transportation. There's cool. But you yeah. also have to walk a lot. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't want to Free Uber. Yeah, there was yeah. no Uber back yeah. then. Because Uber's Lyft like, was just starting yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, I was like, I don't want to walk or take those scooters. I just want to skate. So I started skating and that was kind of motivational. I just felt like a badass with my yeah. knives skating to culinary school. That's so, that's so dangerous. That's why you were <laughs> oh, it was so dangerous. <laughs> that's why you were comfortable going out downtown. You had knives with you. Yeah. I, always, <laughs> I would walk with the paring knife, actually. Because yeah. it go. was San Francisco sketchy. Yeah. And like I would walk with my paring knife next to me because I would get off class late. Like my last class was at nine and or sometimes service, you know, I worked at a restaurant, we would be get off at 11, 12 a.m. Yeah. So I just I would walk with the paring knife. I'm not scared. Wow. You know? That's crazy. Just, it I makes a lot someone. of sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were serious about growing up and how that kind of affected you. And Exactly. I was like, yeah. I've seen how it's done. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Drake. Yeah. I love Drake. I love you, Aubrey. Uh, how did how did you, like, he's at the top of the top as far as what he does. Yeah. How did you get connected with that? And, like, what was that experience like? Honestly, Jesus. I'm not even Jesus. Like Jesus. This? So is that a friend or is that no, you like Jesus Christ? <laughs> um, my mom's Bible study. My parents are so religious uh -huh. since I was little, and so they have a Bible study at their house. And one of the ladies is um, her daughter-in-law works with Drake as his personal assistant. Oh wow! So like four years, five years in San Francisco, I decided to leave. I was 23 or so, uh, 24, and it was getting so expensive. And I ended up going back home to L.A., lived with my parents, and I was looking for a job. And the lady's like, oh, if you're looking for a job, try out for this guy. He's very picky, though. Like, he fires chefs all the time. And I was like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, like, I don't care who it is. And she's like, oh, it's for Drake. And then I was like, oh, like, Drake and Josh or Drake? Drake? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, the drill rapper. I was like, oh, crap, okay. That's sick. Yeah, right? And um, this was when the song... Um, 
uh, the one that was I was running through the six with my woes. Oh, you know, yes. like that song was coming Classic, out. Yeah. Bitch better have my money was coming out uh, by mm-hmm. Rihanna, and so he was pretty big. And I was like, yeah, I'm down to try. I've never had any experience with a private chef, yeah. but I've worked for a master chef for the past three and a half, four years. So I know what it's like to cook. Um, so I, I gave it a go and they're like, you know, you're not a super fan. You're good. And so I tried yeah. it and I was a girl. So they were like, you're hired. Uh, and so I remember first meeting him. I went to his house and I was like, holy crap, he's <laughs> actually here. He was in his pajamas. It was like 2 p.m. too. That's Just crazy. woken up. That's, what, do, That's what he has yeah, a cool yeah. life. And here I was like 23 year old Daphne. I was scared. Wow. I didn't know what to expect. He's like, oh, just make me whatever you can from the fridge. And I saw some like crudite there so, and some rice from like leftover Chinese food. Yeah. So I was like, let me just make like Chinese fried rice. Uh-huh. And so I did it. And then he asked me for that dish every single day because he loved oh. it so Yo. much. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm secured. I have a good job now. I'm just chilling. Make that every day. Yeah, yeah, I was making every day. I was cooking for his entourage that lived with him too. So people would just roll up and expect to have food. And I had no idea of what to do, like the whole process of it. And so yeah. um, I was there for a short period of time because I just had no <laughs> I, had, I had no idea what I was doing, honestly. I was so excited, too. So I wasn't thinking I wasn't looking at my surroundings. And so I did get fired because I accidentally <laughs> left a uh, plastic wrap on one of the cheeses that <sighs> was served in his burger. Ooh. And like, Dude, I'll never is, forget this is a it. New texture. Yeah, you guys, it was disappointing for me. I was oh very. It was one of my like sad days for sure. But I was making little sliders. It was hot. He was listening to "Bitch," but I have my money tanning. And here I am, like doing all the sliders. Of course, I'm not being clean because I have no idea of what to do. Yeah. And so I'm cutting up the cheeses. You know how it comes in wraps. And I don't know how, but one of the cheese wrappers stayed on the burger. Oh my gosh. And so his assistant comes in like maybe 20 minutes later. She's like. So Drake found plastic in his burger. I was like, what? Yo, my no. heart sank. I was like, oh my God, no. And I just felt like crying. I was like, oh my God. Oh, well, can I make him something? She's like, no, unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. Thank you so much. I was like, oh, I promise. Like, I'll, you know, I was, like, I was like, please don't fire me. Yeah. Like, I wanted to just, yeah. I was just so disappointed oh, in myself. Man. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, what am I going to tell people now? Yeah, I got fired for a piece of plastic. Like, that's sad. And so I left work and I was like crying and I was like, oh my God, I'm not cool anymore. But <clears throat> I was able to use him as like a reference. Yeah. So that catapulted me to sous chef level right mm. away. So I had only been cooking for four or five years as a line cook. Drake was like two months and then I went to sous chef right after. So I used that to my advantage. I'm like, fine, you fired me, but I'm going to use your name then. And so I like the experience in the name is what helped me continue on with my career and give me that positivity and just like I might have lost and it was a bump, but I'm going to make it a great obstacle. You know, like obstacles are the way too. so I guess it wasn't in God's plan. (laughs) (laughs) all right let's just hold on i'm going home now that's fine that's fine it is gonna get hot oh my goodness to get to where you're at it took a lot of hard work and dedication so like that's amazing um but of course along the way there's always going to be triumph speed bumps you know so tell us about a time that you can recall or like just that's just profound where you just like fucking failed Ah, okay. You can take a moment. Yeah. I'm sure there's many, but what like stands out to you? What was most significant? You sure there's many? There's so <laughs> many. You don't bro. probably say that to guess. No, it's true. I, no, I look like a train wreck. Because, I know. Because, because of the line, the, the line of work you're in, I'm like, there's yeah. a lot of like, there's a lot of like, uh, what do you call it? Where you make a diamond, a diamond, like diamond in the rough kind yeah, of like situation. What, yeah. Pressure. Honestly, pressure, yeah. well, being in a kitchen, and now I've been doing this for 11 years now. I'm going to be 31 this month, and I started at 19 or so. And so I had to grow up in the kitchen mm-hmm. because I missed so much of my kind of young youthness. I partied a lot during the line. So I was drinking, I was smoking weed, I was trying other stuff, and it eventually caught up to me. And mm-hmm. after Drake, I did the sous chef at a Vietnamese place. Ooh. And I know I was... I was with one of the on families. They have like on key and like um, crustacean 
So I learned from the very best, honestly, how to make pho and all mm. that stuff. Ooh. So I was a sous chef there and I was trying to like really still be me and like be a sous chef working there so many hours going the next day really early. And so I got a DUI right yeah. after service one day. I was like, I want to go out. This was right after New Year's Eve. You know, of course, we have to work the day of. So yeah. I was like, I want to work. I want to go out the next day. I was drinking and driving and um, I was reckless. I I crashed into a cement pole and I broke my femur and I was oh, out for a whole shit. year. I had to learn how to walk again. And oh like, I really learned my lesson. I had to take DUI classes. I took the mothers against drunk drivers. I saw all these awful pictures and they traumatized me. And so I realized, okay, I'm like drinking and trying to do everything. And it comes with this kind of career. And I just, I'm glad it happened to me because it happened to me because I was able to calm myself out. You know, yeah. I was able to be like, you can easily die if you continue to do this. Yeah. So that was one big obstacle. It, it set me back a whole year. So I no had cooking. I, no cooking. Just I had a walker for a whole month. I look like a grandma. I know. Take that. Make <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. We're responsible. We're responsible. Well, now I know how to handle my liquor and I know how to not get a DUI. Okay. So, um, no, but it just, I had to learn the hard way. You know, I'm hard-headed. Sometimes life yeah. throws me obstacles, so I learned the hard way. Like, Drake yeah. was a hard mm -hmm. obstacle to learn, and so is this one. And I, you know, I learned from my mistakes, and I started again from the bottom, went to a Four Seasons Hotel to be a line cook, mm -hmm. and that slowly brought me up, and, you know, I just kept going. I never gave up. I was like, I still want to cook. That's crazy. You know, I know. I can't believe I was thinking that. Like a It's wild. I think a year's worth of anything, right? Like, you would just probably want to like, like, put it on the back burner. Well, you no gain weight. You know, yeah, you food. gain weight. You are eating. You're like living life. <laughs> you want to give up. You're yeah, like, yeah, I'll no. do something else. But I didn't. I just, I was like, okay, what's next? Let me just be a line cook again. I okay. guess. Yeah, I just didn't stop. Or I had that mentality. Though. Yeah, like that. That humbleness is, is like, I think is very much needed. You I know? think it's from my parents being immigrants. Mm. I think we didn't come from nothing. You know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon. And so sure. I saw my dad having obstacles and still going to work the next morning. So for me, I think it just came in my blood that I wasn't mm. going to quit for sure. Yeah. Along that process where you're trying to get back to, you know, where you were before what happened, like that must be frustrating. Right. But was there a time that you remember where you just like, you know what, like you want to quit? Like it's this is what am I doing? When we would have like 200 guests or 300 guest services, I was like, God, I hate this sometimes. Was there like specific dinner or? I think it happens a lot. In my in, in my industry, you just don't want to be there. You Your boss hates you yeah. or like the owner hates you or you're having drama with the line cooks. So there's been so many times where I'm like, God, I hate this. Yeah. But there's something about me that loves the thrill and the unkind of. I never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So for me that I don't like going to the same job and experiencing the mm. same thing every day, like kind of a lot of people love that. They mm. love secureness. They love schedules and just yeah. things that are strict. And for me, I love a sloppy mess. I like, um, you know, unexpected ruckus yeah. and recklessness and that's yeah. kitchens. <laughs> so 1, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm like, I love this chaos, like toxicity. Do you, do you feel <laughs> do you see toxic? It 100 percent is so toxic. toxic. So toxic. Yeah. It's that like toxic relationship that with someone you love, like a really abusive boyfriend or girlfriend, right? It's like one moment you give them all, right? Like you're on the line, you're putting every effort in, and then it's like no, you did all this wrong. We're going to shut everything down. The gas isn't working. The lights aren't working. The plumbing's out. Like, and then it's like, figure this shit out. And then you're like, okay, I'm working on it. And then uh, finally you get over that hump. For sure. And then you do it and you're like, oh, that was worth it, yeah. I think. Right? I mean, yeah, I think you just have to be positive. I've had yeah. a lot of people, like two people walk out on me, men, when I was kind of, you know, being the boss. Oh, and I was like, uh, hey, don't do this. And they're like, what? I'm not going to listen to you. And I really took it personally because... I was like, what, what, how, I have, how have I treated you wrong for you to make me feel like this? I think just sometimes men, and they were Hispanic, it's just a machismo. Mm. They don't like to hear from women what, like, what they should be doing. Mm. So for me, I, it was a lot. I, like, it was really hard for me to be, have a voice in the kitchen. Like, I'm a very nice person, and I don't like to be rude or mm -hmm. to treat you like I know better because I don't. I just want to be a one big happy family. <laughs> Have you seen the bear? Yeah. No, like city moments where you walked out, like 
like when everything's I've walked out once. Really? And the the chef went to go get me because he knew he had fucked up. Okay, so I was working at the Four Seasons at an Italian restaurant, and this is where my love for Italian food grew, really. Mm. And so I was six burners, and I had all six burners filled up. Oh I had goodness. three risottos and three pastas. Yum. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was trying to figure it out. And then here comes the young Italian chef, and he was like, you have to do this and that. Look, this, you see how I'm doing it? You flip, you flip. And I was like, I'm trying, like, just show me how. And he was getting frustrated. And mm. he was like, this is how you do it. And he was being an asshole in front of everyone, yeah. trying to make me look like I don't know shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be disrespected. Like, I don't like working like this. I'm going to quit. And yeah. I literally left. And he, I was like, you're an asshole. Like, you shouldn't treat people like this. Have patience, you know? Exactly. I was like, <laughs> and he went to go follow me because he felt bad, yeah. you know, and then God. he ended up getting fired after. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my yeah. God. Sexual harassment, dude. Oh. With me, too. So oh. he, he really got Damn. fucked, double fucked for that one. That's crazy. Yeah, karma's a bitch. Yeah, yeah no, that's kidding. super bitch. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that happen, though. It's yeah. normal also in the kitchen, sexual harassment. Like, a lot of women don't talk about it because, you know, you're working towards your career and that is it's shameful for you to talk about it but it happens a lot i've seen it happen to a lot of people it's happened to me most of my jobs but i've learned how to deal with it i've learned how to talk through it and also speak out a mm. lot of people don't speak out because they're scared but now i'm not like i i know how it is you know yeah but it happens a lot even men get sexually harassed all the That's time true. like hot sexy men in the kitchen you know you're That's not safe true. <laughs> That's why David always grabs me during the kitchen. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a very toxic environment. People don't talk about it. Yeah. But that's yeah. why it's so exciting. It's not for weak people, for sure. Yeah. You need that mental fortitude and also, like, being able to kind of overcome things constantly, right? And I feel yeah. like that's definitely so much about your story as well. Yeah. It's, I'm exhausted. I'm like, fuck, I've only done this for 10, 11 years. Like, there's 20 more years ahead of me for my career, and I feel like I've already done so much. But that's what's so exciting is that I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Like, I'm ready. I feel like I've you been training. You love chaos. I love chaos. You love that chaos. <laughs> I love it. You guys can fact check me, but this is per the U.S. Census Bureau, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and some website on Yahoo Answers called Zipia. Uh, they said yeah. that out of 150,000 chefs that are employed in the U.S., only 25% are women. Wow. And out of that same 150,000, only, I think, 17% are uh, Hispanic. Wow. Yeah. So that's, like, very, very low, you know. And, like, I'm sure you have seen that, experienced that, right? Yeah. So what kind of mindset do you have to have to be able to, you know, be female, to be Latina, to be, uh, to, to, to experience all these, like, you know, failures and, and like, struggles? Like, what does that take? Cajones. cajones. You gotta have like for the people that don't know what cajones means. Balls. You gotta have <laughs> Some balls. Big balls. You have to literally. Bro. My dad is the one that made me like this, and I've. He's like, God, you're such a tomboy. I'm like, Dad, you made me like this. Like any time that I would be struggling, I used to pay, play basketball. I would look to the sidelines, and he, he would be like, Juega con huevos. You know, like <laughs> he would do this gesture, and I was like, Okay, fine, Dad. I won't act like the man that's next to me so i started acting tough i think you just have to have thick skin mm. i trust me i cry so much mm. i cry a lot i would cry oh. in the walk-in i would just cry and then just like you know how line cooks they eat bending down on the line i would yeah. cry really easily and just <laughs> wipe my tears and just keep going it's like a nervous laugh i'm sorry <laughs> i mean it's traumatic it fucking sucks it, it <laughs> Like, this is like, okay, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It's true life. That's, that, I'm it's a real thing. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. It's a lot of crying. I cried a lot in the walk, and there's been a lot of times. And it's nice because it cools you down. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a hot place, and there's so much freaking hotheads that work on the line. Yeah. And chefs that want you to be perfect. And mm -hmm. your your parents are still disappointed that you chose this career. And I'm yeah. just like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm getting, like, trauma all over. Like, mm -hmm. I there was no one on my side. At yeah. one point, I felt so lonely. I didn't have friends because my friends were the line cooks that mm -hmm. I saw every day. So it was a, it's been a hard experience, but I would never change it. Yeah. I, I've loved every step of the way. It's made me into the badass that I am now. You are a badass. So whether you're a guy or a girl, you need to have cojones. Yes, have balls, guys. Have balls. Yeah. It's not just the guy thing. 
No. Balls. Just stay strong. Just be strong-minded. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. I think we're uh, ready to kind of take a break and move on to the next course. <laughs> I think so. I'm going to go ahead and prepare our main dish really quick, and I'll be right back. But wow, we're thinking, I'm thinking a lot about balls right now. <laughs> <laughs> So for our favorite dish right now is something that we're bringing in for our Filipino kind of series. A lot of pork-based dishes, but then we kind of made it a little bit different this time around. We've got stunning Iberico pork right on the bone rib from Campo Grande. It's been nicely seared and charred, and we got that flavor. We even saw me flamethrower it a little bit for some torching. The bottom is going to be a yuzu cucumber yogurt sauce. So very inspired by Mediterranean food, a little bit of harissa in there as well. The star though is gonna be that lobster bisque that we rendered down using Australian lobster heads. And then we put Tum Yum reduction in there. So there you have lemongrass, galangal, all the little Thai chilies. So colorful, flavorful. And I'm actually gonna slice that up and put it on your plate if that's okay. How are you not drooling while you're saying this? I mean, I'm kinda, time I, I kinda am right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm dehydrated. <laughs> it's almost like a modernized surf and turf. I can taste the galangal. Uh -huh. I taste the lemongrass, oh my God. <laughs> Mm. Mm. This is so fire. Mm. I love the cucumber in it. It's so good. Heidi, I love it. How's it going? Are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Just eating. Mm. Tell us about that time when you were on that, that journey and you said like, oh shit, I have I have something real here. Like this is this is something special. Um, that I wanted to continue being a chef. That I was you, at the right spot. Yeah, you knew thing. that this can take off. To the um, moon, if you will. Well, there's been so many times. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> no, honestly, I didn't have much confidence like, throughout. I know. Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you guys made me. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I guess I've never felt so confident about my work. I always am never satisfied with what I do. I'm always like, I could have done that better. I could have done this better. So I've never had that yeah. until recently. Um, I got on, asked to try out for a show, Hell's Kitchen. And that's like one of the biggest shows ever. And I wanted to do TV before, but I never had the confidence to actually go for it. Because if you go on the show, you know, I'm, I'm charging this much money for to cook for people. And I'm, you know, a good chef. And then I go on a show um, in America and I, you know, get voted off so early. It'll diminish everything that mm. I've worked on. So I was really scared to try it. But I'm like, let me just try it. And then did Hell's Kitchen, competed against 18 or 17 people. And it was one of the hardest things ever. It really pushed me. But I realized what of a good chef I am and how I can think on my feet. And I'm really good at multitasking and cooking fast. And so, you know, once I got to second place, I was like, shit, I might be good at this. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. And like seeing my parents there, my dad took the Honduran flag mm. and seeing my you know, they surprised me and we cried because we were in Gordon's, you know, in his office. And I see like seven or 16 other jackets that are on the wall with the burnt picture. I was like, oh, my God, my picture is still up there. Like I could totally win. Yeah. And I just I think right there it was finally I realized, oh, my like, holy shit, I'm actually kind of good at cooking, I guess. Oh, yeah. So it took I mean, a long time. <laughs> 17 people. It's a lot. a lot of people and 17 people that are talented. Yeah, they you know, know what, what you have to know what you're that doing. Chef, that's amazing. Yeah, it so, was uh, traumatic and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you, guys. To, to play off that, though, I know we talked in the, in the prior when you're when you're growing up, family is super important to you. So uh, on the last, I think, episode when you're about to do your final challenge going against Chef Alex, mm -hmm. your parents surprised you. And when I watched that, it was just like happiness, like joy. And it was like almost full circle. It, was, it came, it was started off as like a, don't do this. Like, you're, you know, I don't know what they said, but like maybe like you're not going to make it type thing. Yeah. And so now what you said, you're like fondest moment of your career for them to surprise you in that setting and, and like, and like support you and see what you've blossomed into. Like, what was that like emotionally? How was, what, what did that mean to you? I mean, I just wanted to be like, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, mom. Like, you know, just let your kids live their dreams. Yeah. Just let them maybe, you know, parents think that they know everything. Of course they do. But sometimes you just have to listen to your kids and yeah. be like, 
when they're like, mom, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. Parents force you to do it. And it just, you start hating them. And I think finally it was full circle for me because they were on TV. They were, you know, they were, they were kinda, so cute. Yeah. They were so proud of me. My yeah. dad's face, my dad crying. Chef Ramsey was crying. They cut that out. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he was crying. Yeah. I know he's not oh. a robot, yeah. but he, <laughs> he was crying. He was just so, I think it was an emotional thing. Cause it's such like a rewarding thing for many people that come to America to have the success yeah. and for me to actually have that improve so many people wrong you know it was kind of for everyone not just for me america got to enjoy that little gratification of oh my god she did it you know her parents are there and finally her parents could be like oh, we've worked so hard so many hours we've been treated like shit you know and finally one of us has made it mm. and, you know like breaking that kind of chain of being you know, not not letting people give you a chance mm -hmm. because we're we're brown, we're immigrants, and like we don't come from you know a really nice neighborhood. So for my parents to see that finally, it was like uh, you get to breathe a little bit now. Yeah, you get to finally enjoy your fruits of labor. So it was right. it was awesome. I was shocked that they were there. I didn't think that they were gonna come because it was during COVID. So when I saw them, I was oh. legit like, oh my god. They someone someone can actually see what I'm doing and be proud of me. That's all I've I've ever wanted was for my parents was for them to be like I'm proud of you. Yeah. And like I've always wanted that, and they never gave it to me. And so for them to finally be like, Oh my God, he did it! Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, that's <laughs> it was crazy. just great. Yeah, I'll never forget that. that memory. It's something that I'm gonna take with me to the grave. Oh my God. It was a beautiful memory. It's just like you know, you guys know you want to keep your parents happy. You yeah. you come here to make sure you have money for them because once. You know, they're going to get old one day. And so for you to finally have that, it feels great. It's a like a gift I've never been given. And I hope many get to achieve it and do it, you know, with their kind of their grace and their timeline. Like, don't do it on on people's time. Do it on your own time. And for right. me, it worked out like that. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm so grateful. Yeah. yeah but That's it amazing. came with a lot of sacrifices, too, right? You know? Yeah, it was not easy. I mean, you've heard <laughs> all these stories. I've been through a lot. I've been like you know, like stomped on the ground, but I like was crawling back up. I just kept going. I think people just stop and quit because they're over it. You know, it doesn't feel good to be treated like that yeah. and you shouldn't be treated like that. But for some reason, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? And I'm sure I'm not the only one living through a hard life. And most people do. They just don't talk about it. It's amazing that you did it in your own way. You know, like take me, for example, is like my parents are happy and that's good to see. But at what cost? You know what I mean? And so for me, I feel like, you know, it, it was worth it. But then now I'm kind of venturing out into my own things to find kind of my own like sanity, like my sanctuary as far as like what I want to do in like my lifetime, you know? And so for you to to endure those hardships in the beginning and still satisfy your parents, uh, you know, that that's an amazing feat. You know what I mean? And like I think it gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. Um, because people kind of just like kind of bend the knee and say like, you know what, like I'll just do whatever my parents want, you know? Mm -hmm. and so, Most people are like that. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. for sure. And, and Jasper, the same as you, man, like you, you maybe didn't start like in the very beginning. And so you kind of bent the knee too. 100%. Like, yeah. you know, Game of Thrones reference, if you guys <laughs> yeah. like that. But you said, you said no. Yeah. I won't stand for this. <laughs> No, seriously, it was it was it was one of those like moments because I, I don't know like not a lot of people know the story is like having worked in like tech finance and then like PR marketing for a long time yeah and then after ten years of that you go this is soulless I'm literally there's no purpose for any of this I'm just making people richer and they don't care about my existence I can be replaced immediately but if you are into that and you love it it's 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 great. It's good for some people, for sure. It, it's yes. great for some yeah. people. And I think what I lacked was the creative part, right? Yeah. So finally, it was after, I think, a year of doing Rosalind, and we were just doing these little dinner parties here. Mm. I woke up one morning, I shit you not, and like something clicked in my head where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I texted my boss saying, hey, I quit, effective immediately. Oh, yeah. my God. You yeah. didn't put in your two weeks? No. Damn. Wow. Like two weeks. No. Damn. <laughs> no, seriously. And then what That's I did great. as a courtesy, like, because I'm not like that much of an asshole, but like, I actually like talked to my team on the side. I was like, hey, like I'm putting effective immediately for the but for the next couple of days. Like I will transition everything to you. Oh, that's sweet. Right. Cause it's just not fair to them. But yeah, it just 
didn't make sense to me. And I think it kind of needed that aha moment. Yeah. You just need to listen to your heart. Yeah. There's something in there that's like, hey, just let me out. I promise that it's going to be good. But you're scared to open it. Yes. That's most people are scared to see what's going to happen. Like, oh, my God, what if I lose my job? It's like, what if you lose your job? It is scary. scary. Mm -hmm. But there's so many options and choices that you can do here. People are just scared to take the jump. Yeah. So I I do want to say that it's not not scary. It's scary. So that means that like you guys, you know, even Heidi as well, you guys had the courage, which is like, which I, I really like look up to is like that's it's hard to find that it's hard to build that up and uh you know shout out to you guys like that's amazing and and uh, you guys are doing great things and i'm just, like super proud of you guys and just you know just keep doing what you're doing are but, we the black sheep I'm sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> that might be it i mean the reason it's so highly looked at is because maybe it maybe it is so you know because everyone wants to do that but they can't because they they're fearful and like they maybe people just i don't know maybe just need to just jump off and it's scarier like it's scary to jump because you can easily fail and you will fail i failed so many times and then i just kept getting up i was like shit this hurt it's gonna leave a scab but i gotta keep going yeah just like skateboarding Mm -hmm. i kept skating even though i would eat shit all the time and like it is it's like you gotta get up and you cannot microwave the process you literally have to subie it really slowly wow Hey, I'm here all night. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, forget cooking. You should just do stand up. <laughs> Have you thought about it? Uh, no, I don't think I would be good at it. I don't know. I'm no, just being no, myself. Serious. I guess it's funny sometimes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, I was gonna say, I, yeah. I think you really hit it on the nail, though. When it comes to a lot of us, are fear oriented, right? I fear losing my job. I fear disappointing my parents. I fear. Like not progressing in the career that the way our society wants, right? Yeah, unknown. But I think when the moment something in your head goes, I don't care about this fear anymore. I care more about myself or what I want to do. Um, I think that just really changes your mentality on things. Yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't say you wouldn't have you don't have to even jump off. Like for example, um, you know, you can just have like a, a Costco sample taste. <laughs> and then, and then once you taste that, for example, you know, you, yeah. you know, you, you started doing, steps. yeah, you took baby steps. Yeah. And then once you get that, that taste of blood, you're like, oh yeah, let's hunt. You get hungry. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then you become a full blown vampire. Yeah. And no. so, it, sorry, is this, might that <laughs> lose people? No, no, no. No, I'm getting, I'm getting your yeah. drift. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm just saying like, so you don't need to like just jump off, like maybe just mm-hmm. kind of. Try it out here yes. and there, you know. And then once you think that this is this is actually what you love, like just then mm-hmm. maybe just jump off, but only like two steps. Yeah, like everyone's steps. different. Yeah, and not everyone takes life by the balls and is like, "Fuck the, it, let's see what happens." Huevos? Is that what? Yeah, it is? huevos. Cajones. Cajones. Yeah. You should also feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable. That's something I learned from Chef Ramsay. Like he's like, start like you're gonna start loving feeling uncomfortable, and that's when you know that you're creating progress so it's sure. good it's like once you don't you're not used to it you get that sense of the unknown and you don't know you don't know what's going to ex- be expected that's when you start growing and you start layering back like more layers of yourself you're like yeah. okay i'm peeling you know mm. i'm becoming someone better so mm. you just have to find that thrill yeah I, I was told once that if you're whatever you're doing if you're not uncomfortable doing it you're not doing it right wow you know what i mean yeah. and I, I think it's very true Cause I used to be in that, like I would just kind of coast. And then after my, my nine to five, I would like go out and party. And then like, it would just feel so comfortable that it was mindless. And all of a sudden there's like this hole that you have there. It starts growing and growing and growing, you know, and you want to fulfill that, but you don't know what it is because you coasted for so long. It's robotic. Yeah. It's crazy. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people sometimes you know, when I'm doing my life, I'm like, my life's great. You know, I chose yeah. wisely and I see other people's life and they're like, I just want to do something more. I'm like, dude, do it. Yeah. Like, what are you waiting for? And they're like, oh, well, this and that and that. And that. I'm like, there you go. You're the problem. You're making so many excuses. Yeah. yeah. Let's say you're, 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 you're in a boat canoe and there's, it's leaking, right? Like, you never know while you're patching all these holes up what is going to come out of it. You know, maybe you could flip over the canoe and just start surfing. Paddleboarding, maybe? Or yeah. paddleboarding, oh, yes. yeah. You find a stick, you know totally. what I mean? Like, but that's what chaos is. 
You got to think of something like just, you know, just figure it out as you go. Exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is life, though, right? You literally have to figure things out as you go, right? Yeah. Just take it step at a time and then you're human. You're going to make mistakes. But that's what's fun is that you will make mistakes. Mm. So looking back on your journey from start to finish, what's a specific piece of advice that you hold near and dear to you? that you are willing to kind of share to the audience or other maybe aspiring chefs out there? Uh, I would say definitely follow your intuition. There's something inside of us that wants to help us out in our journey. And a lot of times we ignore it or we just don't listen to it. It's in the back burner. But I feel like it's your your guardian angel or someone from, you know, your past or... I don't know, your ancestor that's really trying to guide you into the right direction and people just want to be like, no, I know what's best for me, Mm. blah, blah, blah. But there's something inside of you, like your heart and your inner spirit that knows what you should be doing. And I started listening to it. And sometimes I look for it and and it's right. So I would say just follow your intuition. Also, don't care what people think, even your family. Like my parents, I don't care what my parents think. Sadly, I'm sorry, mom and dad, but I... Did you tell them? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I care what they think, but to a certain extent, like, like this is what someone told me. It's like your your kids are a gift from the world. They're they're not yours. Mm -hmm. You need to let them live because they can be who whoever they want. And for me, it's like I I live my life, and my parents are will always be there. They're my parents. They're who raised me. They made me. But this is my life. Mm. I'm gonna be selfish in my career. I'm gonna Mm. be selfish in my life. And I am not going to let anything stop me from getting to where I want to be because we only live once. Yeah. We only have one chance, you know, like Eminem said. So, like, just fucking get it. <laughs> I was literally hearing that. You, was like you one get one chance. <laughs> one opportunity. <laughs> you do. You can't be scared. Just just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? What, your yeah. parents disown you? They're your parents. are going to love you in, like, a couple hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just, maybe, maybe not a couple hours. Maybe but, a couple yeah. days. Yeah. but. Just be selfish in your career. If it's not working out for you, move on to the next. There's plenty of chef jobs. And also just follow your heart. Follow your heart. You know exactly what you need. You just are scared to open that box. That's solid. <laughs> that is very solid. And, and David, I wanted to give you some credit too because you were talking about all of us and how we've taken leave of faith. I feel like you've done the same. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're an ecology pharmacist by day, but you're That's also crazy. working two other jobs. Mm-hmm. You're our beverage director here at Rosalind. You literally took the leap right of faith. Here. My to start making drinks for here, even though yeah. he had never had a professional bartending experience. You wow. DJ at gigs all around Los Angeles, too. And like that should speak volumes to you taking those baby steps that you were talking about. So mm-hmm. I just want to give that hat to you before we kind of move on from that. Yeah. Wow. You do a lot. Yeah. I, uh, it's a, sometimes it can get a bit much, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, it, it's it's satisfying. You know, like, sure, you're tired. And you feel beat up and like you second guess everything. But like at the end of the day, you have that like that hole that I was talking about that that's missing because you're kind of like robotic and you're just kind of like going about your day doing the same thing. It gets smaller. You yeah. know what I mean? And like a, it takes a, a certain type of people that, that are on that same kind of journey to be able to know or understand what hole you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like it gets smaller, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate the shout out. Uh, I am just out here just trying to live my best life. And you are. Look at us. We're, we're even doing a yeah. podcast yeah. now. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. I appreciate that. This is awesome. It's your fourth job now. Shit, that's so much. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going for it. Yeah. Like, I, don't stop, doing. you know, yeah. even when it Imposter gets hard. Imposter syndrome is a real thing, but. Mm. It is, but it's also not. I feel like that's a man-made feeling like yes it's imposter syndrome but you deserve what you're doing like you shouldn't feel less of it i think just some dumb human invented that yeah like what no yeah i don't feel like birds sing and they're like man do i sound shitty right now they just do it and they sound wonderful and so i feel like we got to think less about that kind of thing yeah yeah don't even put that in your mind don't be negative yeah, true. Well, I want to congratulate. I mean, I know it's an accumulation of years and years of work and dedication, but I want to congratulate you to getting to where you are. Thank you. Uh, I, I I can see on the last episode, like we kind of all watched it, like your parents were super proud of you. And I was like, um, try to hold back the, the tears, the teared muscles here. We've got to work out that, that episode. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, you conquered what a lot of people are, you know, are afraid of doing. And, and that's, that's, 
that alone is an amazing accomplishment. Let, let you know, let alone the, the resume what you want to stack, but that is an amazing accomplishment. So, um, so with that said, with all those accomplishments, what, what do you have next? What's coming up for chef Daphne? Are you allowed to tell? I mean, I'm just trying to make it in this crazy world, you know, obviously social media now is taking over every career. You have to have a huge social media thing. So I'm trying to work on content and also I love doing pop-ups. Like I just did one with Jasper and that was awesome. I love working with other chefs. I love learning from others. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, which is like hustling and like doing as much as I can and just keep building my career. It takes at least 30, 40 years for you to really be like, you know, a top notch chef. So I'm on the I'm, I just cracked the door to a golden road. You know, right. I finally got there. And thank you for saying that, because it sometimes I need to tell myself, like, you've gotten so far, like, really look at yourself. And it's. It's been exhausting, but I'm so happy to be here. You know, I'm, I, it paid off and thank God it did. And after 10 years, it will start happening for yeah. anyone really. So I am, I'm excited to be here. I think just look out for me. You know, I'm going to be doing pop-ups. I'm going to no. keep doing maybe cookbooks. Like, I don't know. I just want to do as much as I can. Yeah. I want to tell my story. I want to influence others to really follow their dreams and get close to my culture, the Latinos. I'm proud to be Latina. Um, and yeah, you know, just be myself along the road and find cool people like you to do cool shit with. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. You too, Kai. We'll send you, you too, Heidi. <laughs> I think it's the perfect time to segue to the final bite. Wow. So the final bite is something we do at Roslyn that's literally all about decadence. Caviar a, bumps. I mean. No, is it? There's going to be a little caviar. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know me as the caviar guy already. Yeah. But, um, I won't spoil all of it. But it's all about the decadence. It's all about layers and flavor and just like mm. a punch in your mouth going like, wow. So I can't wait. I I'll get that wait. set and I'll be right back. We were talking about cojones and I just felt like I had to make you meatballs. So we just made some right now. These are longanisa meatballs. <gasps> what is oh, it? Longanisa. So, what is that? So the Filipinos make a longanisa sausage. Mm-hmm. It's usually with ground pork. It's got a little bit of brown sugar, a little bit of spices. Ooh. But we kind of mo- took it to the modernized take for our most recent series. So we made meatballs. And surprisingly, no one's ever done longanisa meatballs. Like we looked on Google, ever, no one's ever done yeah. it. But they've done like longanisa burgers. They've done like sausage. Like, I don't know. But anyway, so what we did though is we got korobuda pork belly. So the higher tier stuff, we put Australian Wagyu. Of course. Of course, you already know. A little bit of panko to give it some bounce and some egg yolk. The inside has caramelized brown sugar and cayenne pepper. The sauce on the bottom is that same Greek yogurt situation with the cucumber and the yuzu. The top is that chimichurri that we make though with the cilantro, scallion, Sichuan peppercorn, chili oil. Uh, And this is our current amuse-bouche at Roslyn. Damn, we must have missed this one. Yeah, you have been missing <laughs> this one. That looks good. All right, but please, well, everyone, are we gonna uh, eat it? Come, come, come. Yeah, please, please, ladies, ladies first. first. Yes. Oh yeah, mm. I, I see what you're saying. Mmm. 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 That sauce. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm telling you, your sauces are. Thank you. Yeah, these Absolutely. balls are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That wraps it up. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is David. And I'm Jasper. I'm Heidi. And this is The Durian Pod. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Hey guys, this is Heidi from The Durian Pod. If you liked this episode and hearing other stories like it, please like, comment, and subscribe. And you can listen to us anywhere that you find podcasts. We'll see you next time.